This is part 12 titled One Body. In this sermon series on our identity in Christ, who we are in Christ. Be enriched as you listen. All right, good morning everyone. Are you ready to spend some time in God's word? All right, I just have a quick testimony here that came that came in last Sunday um, by email. So this person, so this is a workplace related testimony. I just thought it would be an encouragement to many of us. Uh, this uh, person is actually uh, heading a scientific uh, startup. And um, so he mentioned that uh, for a certain work that they needed to get done, uh, they, they needed, okay, it's a little technical. I'm just reading a few things that I hear. Uh, they needed superconducting magnets, and they needed special power supply to charge these magnets uh, that is available only you know, from abroad. And they, it, they didn't have the finances also to bring that in. And, uh, but they needed to complete this project uh, within this time. So they didn't know what to do. And uh, so he just shares this amazing testimony how God uh, guided them. Uh, so he had his life group people praying. He also came for prayer here. And uh, then he just said the Lord started guiding them. And they were able to put some things together on their own. And they were able to, you know, get these magnets. I don't know what they did with the magnets, but they did something. They got the work done. And they, uh, he said, you know, he says, we completed and charged the magnet systems last week. I acknowledge and testify that this is a pure work of God. I praise and thank him. Uh, behold, he makes all things anew. Amen? So just a little testimony. If we can clap, you'll know, be happy. <laughs> uh, just a little testimony. Just to, I feel it's so encouraging that even in the work, God is with us, like Pastor Jigman just mentioned, Monday through Saturday. He's with us wherever we, you know, we have to work, whatever we do, whatever our challenges are. And um, here was this person who had a startup. He needed to deliver a project, and he prayed, and, and, you know, and God came through, gave him an idea how to solve the problem with the resources that were available, and they got it done. And I just thought it would be an encouragement to all of us, um, you know, whether, you, whether this applies to you in your workplace, or it could be, you know, in your school, your college, and whatever you're doing. When you find yourself in a difficult situation, remember, God is there to help you, right? And he can give you the idea or ideas that you need to solve your problem and to come through uh, in, in whatever you're doing. So just to be encouraged that God is with you. Today... As we continue our study on our identity in Christ, on who we are in Christ, I want to focus on another aspect of uh, being in Christ, which has to do with the fact that we are part of one body in Christ. So I want to focus on that and just uh, share what that means to you and me, how we apply that in our lives. You know, this, as I've been stating over and over again, this series on our identity in Christ, uh, knowing our, who we are in Christ, our inheritance in Christ, and living out of that is so important for all of us as believers. You know, in, in today's world, uh, I think many of us understand the importance of identity, you know, especially with social media. You know, you've got to have a certain image. You call it a brand, or, you know, you, 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 you want to be known as something whether it's on your YouTube channel or whether it's on your Instagram or whatever you're doing, uh, you know, you, you want to create that identity for yourself. And sometimes the world says, fake it, you'll make it. You know, fake your identity. Pretend to be something you're not, but eventually you'll, be, you'll become that. But I, want, I got good news for you. The Bible, as far as this truth is concerned, you don't need to fake it. God already made it for you. Amen? This is who you are. And what is required is for you and me to know our identity. This is who God has made me to be in Christ. So I'm going to live out of that. That's reality. That's spiritual reality. And so I'm going to live out of my spiritual identity, make it to bear upon, cause it to bear upon my earthly life and the things that I face. And so I want to encourage you to really let this truth sink into your heart. Today, we just have a few more uh, a few more themes to touch on in this whole series on our, identi our identity in Christ. 
uh, today and uh, next Sunday we'll be covering that and then we just spend two more Sundays on talking about how do we live out of our life in Christ. And with that, we wrap up this series. I want us to focus in on this, this fact that we are one body in Christ. So let's get started. The scriptures will come up on the screen as we do, uh, and I just want you to read it. Uh, reading those scriptures out loud is some way of keeping us all engaged with the word of God. So I hope you don't mind. So like, why is he conducting it like a nursery class, you know, telling us to read? It's because I want us to be engaged with the word. Is that okay? Right? So, or we can all pretend to be like adults and don't read, you know, no. <laughs> Let's pretend to be like children. Let's read the word of God. Okay, Galatians chapter 3, verses 27 and 28. Let's read it out together. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. So look at that phrase, uh, those words again, into Christ. That's in verse 27 and verse 28, in Christ Jesus. So this whole series is tracing the, that word or that phrase, in Christ Jesus or in Christ or in the Lord, throughout the New Testament and, and saying, okay, this is what God has said about us because we are in Christ. So these two verses, Galatians 3, 27, 28 says, you know, when you were baptized into Christ, when you were immersed into Christ, you put on Christ. That means when you came into Christ, the baptism is the outward expression of a spiritual experience. So spiritually, you are brought into Christ's water. Baptism signifies that or you know, um, uh, demonstrates that externally. Now, when you come into Christ, what happens? You put on Christ. That means you're clothed with Christ. If you're clothed with something, people see that. Your clothes with Christ. People see Christ in you and in me. And then in verse 28, he says, you know, in Christ Jesus, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither male nor female. There is neither, you know, slave nor free. Because you're all one in Christ Jesus. So being in Christ makes us one with others who are in Christ. There's neither Greek, there's neither Jew nor Greek. Your racial, your race doesn't matter. You know, and he's speaking broadly, Jew nor Gentile. But the fact is your race doesn't matter. Your gender doesn't matter. And your social standing, slave or free, doesn't matter. We are all one in Christ Jesus. Now this is so powerful. And you and I must learn to live out of that. That when we meet other believers in Christ, we are one. We can fellowship with each other. We can, you know, we can relate to each other. And uh, Paul says, you know, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16, he says, Hereafter, we don't look at any person just for who they are in the natural. I'm paraphrasing that. He says, we don't, you know, when we look at others, we don't just look at them as who they are in the natural. We learn to look at each other as who we are in Christ. So then we're able to love, we're able to respect, and we're able to sit down and relate. We don't look down on somebody. No, we are in Christ. So example, if you go to the village and you find a, a, a person there, uh, you know, they may not have a lot, but they love Jesus. How do you treat them? Do you treat them like, hey, come and do this? No. Or do you treat them with respect? Do you, you know, we are, we are one. We, our social standing may be different. Our levels of education may be different. Our, our backgrounds may be different. But we, we love. We treat them as equals because we are one in Christ. Are you with me? So we are one body in Christ. And that also, you know, uh, also means uh, that we can relate to people from other denominations the same way, you know, somebody may be a Baptist, may be a Methodist, may be uh, whatever denomination. But we, if we are believers and we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, yes, there may be some differences. There may be some differences in the styles of worship and uh, the way we preach or, you know, the way we pray and all of that. Okay. But other than that, we are one in Christ Jesus. 
So I can sit down, I can, I can talk to you. I don't have to pick on the differences. I can, there's a lot of things that are in common. I can pick on those things and have a good time of fellowship with somebody, even if they are from some other denomination, because we are still one in Christ Jesus. And there's no need for comparison. There is no need, ah, look, you know, at APC, we do it like this, and it's much better than how you do it in your church. No, there's no need for such things. It's just differences of, of uh, expression. There's just differences of maybe style or the way we do things. But really, the Bible says we are all one in Christ Jesus. And the same thing about gender. You know, you don't look down on somebody else's because of, you know, the gender. So treat them equally. We're all equal. We're all one in Christ Jesus. And so... As people who are one in Christ, in the body of Christ, I want us to understand a few things that, that teach us how to live out of this uh, being one body in Christ. The first thing I want to bring our attention to is that the Bible says we are God's dwelling place. This is in the several scriptures, and I'm just, going, just picking out a few for our message this morning. We look at Ephesians chapter 2, verses 21 to 22. Let's read that together. Ephesians 2, 21 to 22. And look for this phrase, in the Lord or in whom. Right? Because it's telling us this is who we are in Christ. Let's read it together. Ephesians 2, 21 to 22. In whom the whole building, fitted together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Notice those words, in whom. It's repeated at the beginning of verse 21 and towards the end of verse 21, in the Lord. The beginning of verse 22, in whom. So it's saying this is who we are in Christ. Who are we in Christ? We are a building that's being built together to be the dwelling place of God. That's who we are. We are God's dwelling place. That means all of us as believers who are in him, who are in the Lord, we are God's dwelling place. So imagine we as a community of believers, when we come together or in this city as we are a people and we say, you know, we are all in Christ. So who are we? We are God's dwelling place. And it's like we are being built together, meaning this, this construction work is still happening. Bricks are sti still being put in place, and you know, the cement is still being laid and uh, put on top, and, 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 and it's still being built. We are still being assembled together, but we are God's dwelling place, and it, God is dwelling in us by His Spirit. Amen? So that's another perspective we must have as people who are in Christ, that we are the dwelling place of God, that we are re really here to host God, host his presence in our city or wherever, you know, in this place. So when we come together, we are the dwelling place of God. When we go our separate ways to our individual homes and go about the week, we are still the dwelling place of God. We don't stop being the dwelling place of God. Because we are all together in Christ. And so in this city, God has a dwelling. And it is his people, you and me, believers, people who are in the Lord Jesus Christ. What does this imply? And I just want to highlight three implications here. Number one is this. Each one must do our part to keep the temple holy. Now I'm not just talking about the outward, physical. Talking about us as a body. We've got to keep the temple holy. Each one of us must do our part to keep the temple holy. And, and, uh, you know, and Paul mentions this in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. He says, you, know, you are the temple of God. God dwells in you. If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. Because the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. So we are God's temple. And each one must, must do our part to keep this temple holy. So put your right hand up and say this with me. I'm part of God's temple. God's dwelling place. I'll do my part to keep the temple holy. Amen? That means we don't do things that contaminate 
the temple, the, you know, and what contaminates the temple? It's sin. It's doing things that are displeasing to God. So you are part of God's temple. And we're talking about a spiritual building. You're part of that. And each one of us has a responsibility to keep this temple holy. This is God's dwelling place. I'm a brick there in that building. I'm part of that temple. Now, just, just, just for visualize, visualizing this, you imagine a physical building, and, uh, and this is where God is, and let's say some part of the building has some dirt smeared on the wall or on the floor. And if that, is, that part represents me or represents you, then I'm responsible for that dirt in that place. But I'm part of this big building, which is God's temple. But I want to make sure that God's dwelling place is kept clean. It's holy. So that God enjoys dwelling there. Are you with me? So things that displease God. Sin, strife with other brothers, other people of God getting into all those things. Keep that out. Because we are part of God's dwelling. Also as part of God's dwelling... We must understand that we establish God's presence in the community. And uh, Psalm 132, is a verses 13 to 18, is a beautiful passage. And I'd encourage you to take some time to read it. Because God says, you know, I have chosen Zion, and I want to dwell there. Old Testament Zion represents New Testament church. And God says, I want to dwell there. And when I dwell in, among them, and I dwell in them, amongst them, he says, I will Take care of all their needs. I will meet the needs of all the people. He says, I will give them light and I will give them revelation. I will lighten, light up their paths. I will cause them to be triumphant over their enemies. I will close them with salvation. I will give them joy. So when God dwells among his people, this is what he does for his people. What am I getting at? You are part of, you and I are part of this temple. And as a temple, we are the dwelling place of God. We are hosting God here, his presence. And wherever God dwells, these are the things he does for all of his people. So that means as part of this dwelling place, as part of this body of believers, when we host God's presence through our praise, through our worship, uh, through just honoring God, what's going to happen? Not only are you going to be blessed, but other people coming in and being part of this, this body are going to receive those blessings. God says, I will feed their poor. I will meet their needs. I will give them salvation. I will clothe them with joy. I will give them victory in their lives. Don't you want that to happen in your life and in the lives of others around you? Yes or no? Yes, that's what we want. And that's what takes place in the dwelling place of God, where God dwells. Amen? So people should be excited. They should say, like, I want to go and be a part of this community. Because when people come into this community where God is dwelling, their needs are being met. Their lives are being changed. God is causing those people to triumph. God is giving them light and revelation. God is in their midst. And God is doing something. Amen? I'm not talking about the physical building. I'm talking about you and me as a community of believers. We are the dwelling place of God. And this is what God says I will do for those among whom I dwell. And the third uh, 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 understanding here of being a dwelling place of God is that we destabilize demonic strongholds in our city. You know, when we establish God's presence and we truly dwell as, as these people who are together in Christ and who are the dwelling place of God, what happens? The powers of darkness in our city are destabilized. A great an, uh, example or analogy, if you find this in 1 Samuel chapter 5, verses 1 through 4, uh, the Philistines captured the Ark of the Covenant and they took it and they placed it in the temple of their god, Dagon. The ark in the Old Testament represents the presence of God. That this was God's physical symbol. It was a physical symbol of God's presence among his people. Now can you imagine, they took this ark and they put it in the temple of Dagon, their god. It's a very interesting passage to read, 1 Samuel chapter 5, verses 1 through 4. The next day they came 
And they found the statue of Dagon just toppled on the ground. Then they took it and put Dagon back in his place. Came back the next day. And they found him toppled and broken. What happened? They brought the ark. The symbol of God's presence there. And it destabilized. What Dagon represented. Are you getting the revelation? Are you understanding? That when we establish the presence of God. What happens? We destabilize the powers of darkness. In our city. Amen. And we are the dwelling place of God. When we come to worship like we do so often every week. The Bible says God is enthroned in our midst. He's enthroned on the praises of his people. And when God is enthroned, who's being dethroned? Amen? So that's what happens. That's why it's so important to to understand that we being this dwelling place of God is so important. And and when we come together and and preserve the sanctity of the dwelling place and establish God's presence, things are happening in the realm of the spirit. Another aspect of, of us being one body in Christ is expressed through our partaking of that one bread and one cup that we do regularly. We do it once a month. And I just want to mention that here. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 16 and 17 and verse 21. Shall we read that out loud together, please? Let's read verse 16. Go. The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we, though many, are one bread and one body, for we all partake of that one bread. Verse 21, you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the Lord's table and of the table of demons. So what is Paul saying here? He says, you know, the cup of blessing. So when we receive that cup, it's a cup of blessing. You're receiving blessing into your life. You're drinking that, but you're saying, God, I'm receiving the blessing that's given to me through the the blood and the body of Christ. So it's saying when we partake of that communion, each one of us personally are fellowshipping or are sharing in the blood and the in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the blood and the body of Christ. That means we individually are receiving the blessing that comes to us through the cross of Jesus, through his shed blood and his body. But then in doing so, it says, we are also one body with each other because everybody else is also taking part of that same blood and same body. So the communion is a wonderful expression of our covenant with God, but is also an expression of our covenant with each other. We are saying, I'm in covenant, I'm in in partnership, in community with everyone else who's also partaking of that same cup and same bread or same blood and same body. Amen? So every time we do that, While you and I, we encourage each one of us, you know, believe God to touch you. That's important. But also understand, we are saying, I'm in, I'm I'm, I'm one with everybody else who's doing this right now. I'm one with them. I am a part of that because we're all drinking of that same cup and eating of that same bread. We are receiving from that same cross. And therefore we are, we are one with each other. So every time we, we do that communion together, we are saying we are one. And it's a very powerful moment of unity. But then we have to be careful. You don't do that and then go and partake of what's of demons. Says so you can't do both. You say, I believe in Jesus and that's it. I'm having nothing to do with darkness. 
So let me touch on a few more things here as being part of this one body. It also means that in this body there are many members and many functions. That you being in Christ also gives you and me a certain amount of responsibility for the body. So let's read these verses together. Romans chapter 12, verses 4 through 8. Let's read it together. For as we have many members in one body, but all members do not have the same function, so we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another, having then gifts deferring according to the grace that is given to us, let us keep them under our pillows. No, let's read that again. Let us, let's read that again. Let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching. He exhorts in exhortation. He who gives with liberality. He who leads with diligence. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. So what are these verses telling us? He's saying, look, we are all in Christ. And you find that phrase in Christ in these verses that we read. We are in Christ. We are one body. And being part of that one body then makes you a functioning part of that body. So say this with me. I'm a functioning part. God, say it like you're really convinced. Come on. I'm a functioning part of the body of Christ. See, and it says this body has many members, and the members don't have the same function. It means we're all there, but we all don't do the same things. And he just gives a representative list of some of the things people do. Some can lead, some can teach, some can show compassion, uh, some are generous, they give, uh, some prophesy, minister spiritually. Uh, so this is just a representative list, it's not an entire complete list. But says, look, we're all part of the body and we all have some function. That's why I get so excited when I see young people serve in church. You know, I, I was so happy about that. I don't even know her name, but she's handling the cameras there. Uh, I go in the back room and there are young people, you know, sitting out there. I know Abigail is sitting there and she's handling the PowerPoint. And, and you know, these, are, these are like college kids are some of them, not all of them. <laughs> They're still in college. But I, I get so excited, you know, they come early and they want to serve. They want to do something. Oh, there's Paul who's just graduated. He's out of college and he's playing drums and like that, there's so many people. And I get so excited when I see these people coming in. They want to do something. Why? Because they, they realize I have some function in the body. And there are a lot of things that you could do. A lot of things. Uh, that, are, that, you know, and, and there are people who are serving the church. And I'm not trying to, you know, just get more volunteers. That's not the point, okay? <laughs> That's not the point. The point is, I want to encourage you to use whatever gift you have in to serve the body of Christ, to serve Jesus. Okay, whatever. However you serve. You may serve at church. You may serve outside, doesn't matter. But use what God has given you to serve. Because this passage we just read, it says, this body, we're all part of that body, and we all have some function. But our functions are different, but we all have some function. And it says, use it. Let us use them. Whatever God's given you, use it. Amen? So being in Christ is not just a place of, oh, I love the blessing, I am blessed. I love my identity and the righteousness of God. That's wonderful. But being in Christ also makes you part of this body and therefore makes you responsible for the building up, the functioning of that body. God has given you a function in that body and you find out what it is, just uh, just do whatever you can. You know, I was touched by, uh, uh, so I haven't spoken about this in public yet, um, but 
some months ago, we started working on a, on a, on a mental health portal. Just, uh, you know, we have our Christless life, our counseling ministry, uh, but we wanted to create something that could be a portal for Christians to come in and receive uh, input for their lives uh, in the area of mental health. And so some months back, we put a team together. Uh, you saw some of the announcements there, and so people applied, and we put a team together. And what touched me was there was, uh, I'm using the word elderly. I don't know if that person is listening. She would appreciate it. But she's a little older than many of us. And she's in Coimbatore. And she applied. Like, you know, and I'm looking at her resume. It's like several pages long. <laughs> Because she has so much experience and uh, she's done her master's in English literature and things like that, a lot of things. And I was like, wow, you know, this person who's a little older could retire. I mean, like, you know, she's lived whatever, however long, and she's done all the things. But now she's saying, I want to, I want to write content for, you know, this, this project that we're doing. And uh, she's got the background, of course, and, uh, and she wants to do something. I was like, wow, you don't see this too often. I was so encouraged that uh, she would, and she said, you know, see, I'm not very good in technology and all that, but I'll do my best. And she said, oh, no, no problem, you know, go ahead. And so she's part of that team. She's a little older, but she's contributing towards what, you know, the church is working towards. And hopefully one day when we launch it, it will bless hundreds, maybe thousands, maybe tens of thousands of people globally, uh, but she's part of that. Why am I saying it? Because I think all of us can find opportunities to serve with whatever skills and skills we have, to serve the body, to serve the kingdom of God. And that's what these verses are bringing out for you and me, that we're all part of the body, we have functions, and we have gifts, grace and gifts given to us in relation to that function. But what must we do? We have to use them. Amen? Okay, no amens. I need a... F <laughs> All right. So, it is not to pressure you, but it's to encourage you. Do whatever you can to serve Jesus in his body. And while we do that, keep this in mind that we are serving together. That we don't serve in isolation. You know, we serve with other people in the body. And even as a church, when I look around, I say, God, whatever we are doing as a church, we cannot do it without the help of all the people who are serving. So many people who are serving, who are doing different things. We are serving. And when we serve together, we do it with respect for each other. Means each one has been gifted by God. We respect each one's gifting, uh, the way each one serves, and the way each one ministers, and we serve together as a body, not despising anybody or not, you know, uh, you know, looking down on anybody. But we serve respectfully, respecting each other. And then this was brought out for us in First Corinthians 12, 12 to 27. I'm not reading through it. I just want to touch on two more points. We close, and so. We collectively represent Christ. We collectively represent Christ. So as a church, collectively, we represent Jesus in our world. And so we need to think of ways by which we can together bring Jesus to our city, to our nation, and to the nations of the world. Together. You know, and as a church, we may... Uh, initiate certain quote-unquote projects or ministries and say, let's, those who are interested, come together and let's impact the world in this manner. And get involved in whatever way you can, you know, uh, uh, and understand that as you're working together, we are doing this to represent Jesus to the world, to bring Jesus to the world. Collectively, we are bringing Jesus to our world. And there's just tremendous opportunities today. And I was just thinking of this. You know, uh, 
in times past, and maybe in sometimes even now people might do it, but mostly in times past, I'm talking about 20, 30 years ago, you would stand on the street corner and give out tracts. I've done that, you know, on Brigade Road, MG Road, all over different places, stand out and give out tracts. You want to get the message of Jesus to people. And this is random distribution, so you don't know how many are gonna read it, maybe one out of 100 maybe may, may look at it, others may just throw it, but at least that one out of 100, uh, you know, so you just stand out and give out tracts. But today, thank God for these online platforms that we have accessible for us. I mean, think about LinkedIn, and this is not a promotion for any platform, okay? I'm just mentioning something. I was just thinking about this. You know, this is a marketplace and there's a global marketplace, meaning you've got millions of people. And it's free. I mean, when you wanted to give out tracks, you, had to, you spend money on printing tracks. <laughs> and you had to go physically and stand in a street corner and give them out. But LinkedIn, you can sit in your, home, in your room and it doesn't cost you anything to set up an account and uh, start putting out some information. Now, whatever you can, and, and, and you know, God gives us the skill, the creativity, um, the intelligence, the wisdom, and how to communicate things. And you're in the marketplace. You're where people are. And you can influence people. Whether it's one, or ten, or a hundred, or a thousand, or, you know, potentially you could influence millions if you, if you get there. But even if you influence ten, through what you write or what you put out there. It doesn't cost us much other than a little bit of creative thinking and prayer and, 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 and just putting that out there. Or well, an opportunity, and it's available for all of us. Are you listening? And what if people in the church came together collectively and said, hey, let's together do something to make an impact. Use whatever platform you need that would be relevant or appropriate. And uh, now whatever a tar a community you're targeting or group that you're targeting, get on there. And together, you say, let's do something to influence, to collectively represent Jesus in this place. And given the tools and the platforms we have available, there is no end to how, you know, what can be done and how great an influence we can have. So just do it together. You know, sometimes the church may initiate a few things, but uh, there's nothing keeping you from stepping out and uh, making a difference. And lastly, you know, we respect all churches that are in Christ. And, 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 and uh, the Apostle Paul in his writings talks about churches in Christ. So, uh, like I mentioned at the very beginning, it doesn't matter if there's another church, whatever the name they may be called, there's another church that they're called by another name, there's another church they're called by the ne another name, but if they are believing in Jesus Christ, we're all in Christ, and so we honor and respect all churches that are in Christ. Amen? We are not here in competition with other churches. We're here to com complement, work together, and bring Jesus to our city and our nation and the nation. Amen? So worship team, please come. So what did we look through today? We said, we are in Christ. That's where our identity comes from. That's where God has given us wonderful inheritance, and that's where we live out our life. But being in Christ means we are also part of the body of Christ. We are part of this one body. And in this one body, Earthly, natural differences don't matter. Whether you're Greek or Jew, male or female, slave or free. We learn to respect each other because we are spiritually in this body. Doesn't matter. Doesn't really matter. We are one in this body. And in this body, we are the dwelling place of God. We are at being built into this temple where God is dwelling. And... As God's dwelling place, we keep the temple holy. We know that as God dwells here, he will meet the needs of his people. And as God dwells among his people, the powers of darkness are being dislodged in our city. As, as part of this body, 
we said that we, each one of us, we have a, uh, we are, we talked about the communion, that when we partake of the communion, we're expressing our fellowship with each other. But we also said that as part of this body, we all have a function in this body, each one. God wants you to do something, something that you, you can do. God has given you the grace. He's given you the gifts. So now I want to encourage you to use them, use these gifts to serve Jesus in and through his body. And as you serve, serve together. No competition, no strife, none of that. We are part of one body. And also, as part of this body, we respect, or we collectively represent Christ, and we also respect other churches that are in Christ. Amen? We're going to take some time just to pray, to worship God. And uh, we'll start off this morning just by praying and saying, God, I want to do something for you. I want to do something for your kingdom. Make my life count. Now, some of you may be already doing that, and that's wonderful. That's wonderful. But some of you may not have found your place. Uh, you're still not sure what you can do. That's okay. We all started there. Just pray and say, Lord, I'm part of your body, Jesus. I want to make my life count for your body. For the building up of the body. For the strengthening of the body, which is basically other people who are in Christ. Let's start out by praying. Father, we just read in your word that every person, every person has a function. You've given grace, you've put gifts in every person's life. For those who have discovered them, I pray today that you just encourage them as they keep using those gifts to serve your body, Lord. May they be encouraged knowing that they are fulfilling their place in the body. For those who don't know what their grace is, what their gifts are, Father, I pray in your own gentle way, in your own loving way, through those around them, through opportunities that come their way, through awakening things in them, may they discover, God, the grace and the gifts you have placed in their lives and give them creative ideas how they can put it to work for the church, for the body, for people, and bless it. Make it fruitful. Make it impactful, God. Let other lives be changed because of what they do. Because of them putting to use the grace and gifts you've put in them. May every person here, God, regardless of our age, regardless of uh, our background or where we are in life, may each one of us know that we are useful. We are useful in the body. You have a place for each one. You have grace and gifts upon each one. And may they bear fruit for your kingdom, God.
Like we heard today from Psalm 132, God says that when he's dwelling among a people, he says, I will feed their poor with bread. I will clothe their priests with salvation. They will shout for joy. I'll give them victory. I will increase their dominion. I'll give them victory over their enemies. I'll give them, I will be a lamp. I'll give them light and revelation. It means God will do these things among his people. So I want us to expect that here this morning. We're going to take a moment to worship God. And as we worship God, you say, Lord, you are here. And I am in need. Touch me. Heal me. Deliver me. Change me. Whatever your need is, take this moment to pray. God is dwelling here. And he will meet our needs. Let's rise to our feet, please. Pastors, come up. Nancy and um, Roshan's. is this, that if you have a need for healing in your body, you had a physical, there's a problem in your body physically or emotionally, and you want somebody to pray with you, if you don't mind, so I'm not, we're not compelling any person, anyone, 
if you don't mind having somebody come and pray with you, then you can lift your hand. And then we're going to let people be free just to move around and just pray with somebody, right? Uh, keep your mask on to do some of those things that you can be careful about. But just pray with them and expect God to heal them. You are part of the body. You are the hands and feet of Jesus. You are the hands and feet of Jesus. That means when you touch, when you lay hands, Jesus lays hands on that person through you. When you pray for somebody, Jesus is touching that person, praying for that person through you. That's, that's what it means to be part of that body. We represent Jesus. Is that okay? So, it means two things. One, those who need prayer, you raise your hand. Others, feel free to move out, step out of your row. I see, see somebody, somebody with a hand raised. raised. Feel free, just go pray. Don't have to pray a long prayer. Just find out what's wrong. Just pray. Can we do that? We'll take a few minutes to be the body, right? So if you need prayer this morning, just raise your hand. Don't feel ashamed. If, you, if you're okay with somebody coming and praying with you, just raise your hand. And others, just turn around. See, with, some, with someone with a hand raised, go to them. Find out what they need, what, what, what they need prayer for, and just pray with them, right? You don't need to, don't need to pray any complicated prayer. Just pray a simple, loving, heartfelt prayer and say, Jesus, heal this person, deliver this person, all right? So take a few moments, let's do it. take a few moments to do that. If you have a need, you want somebody to come and pray with you, just raise your hand and others, just look around. If there's somebody with a hand raised, just go, go to that person and pray with them, all right? And just keep your hand raised till somebody comes to you so we know that somebody's praying with you, all right? Let's do that. Just keep your hand raised if you need somebody to come and pray with you. We'll just do that today. Let's be the body. Let's pray for one another. All right? Do that. And just let's pray. Let's also pray for our audience who are watching us live. There will be people in their rooms or homes. Maybe some may be by themselves. Take a moment to say, just say, Father, we pray for those who are watching us online. Uh, wherever they are, whatever their need is, they, they may not have somebody able to come into their house or room to pray with them, but we pray for them, God. We speak healing. We speak deliverance into their lives, into their lives. Let's pray. Let's all pray together. Pray for people in the room. Pray in the auditorium. Pray for people online. Father, we pray that right now, even as you said in your word, we pray that people will be healed supernaturally, that God, problems in their bodies will just disappear, God. That people will receive supernatural healing in their bodies, supernatural healing in their minds and their emotions. That there will be deliverance, Father, that the spirit of fear will leave, the fear of the spirit of torment will leave. We also speak healing to people with bone conditions in their neck area. If you're if you have problem in your neck, upper area, your disc being damaged, something in your vertebrae has been hurt. In the name of Jesus, I speak healing right now. Receive it. People with, with, with problem on your right leg, ankle area, in the name of Jesus, I speak healing right now. To those bones, be healed. Receive your healing. God, we pray for those who are watching online, are those who may be alone, nobody to come to them and pray for them, but they need some help, they need somebody. God, even now, we thank you that the Holy Spirit is with them, and we speak healing for them, we speak deliverance for them right there in their rooms, God. Let them experience your touch, let them experience your healing in the name of Jesus, and even inside this auditorium, let people experience your touch, whatever their situation, Whatever their challenge, may they experience your touch, your healing, your deliverance, God. We thank you, Father, that even as we do this, you are meeting the needs of your people. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. Anybody, if, uh, you know, we just take testimonies just to see what God has done. That's all. Just take a couple of minutes. If you've experienced something happening right now, uh, 
maybe a healing when somebody prayed for you, a healing that's taken place in your body right now. Raise your hand. Let's see. You experience something right now? Something, you, I mean, you experience a healing right now. You can tell there's a difference in your body. Then I just want you to raise your hand where you are. Anyone in this auditorium? You experience the healing right here, right now. Anyone? Okay. I don't see any hand. That's all right. Uh, when you go home or when you, when you experience your healing, make sure you just share your testimony. Send an email to testimony at, a, at apcw.org. I will be able to share that you know, with, with people. I'm going to hand over to this time, Nancy. You have something? You want to share something? Just go ahead. Feel free to minister. Just take a few more minutes. They will minister to us, and then we're going to... Um, even as uh, we were just praying and worshiping, I just feel like um, I want to declare the kingdom of God. You know, the word of God says that righteousness, peace, and joy, that's the kingdom of God. So uh, I just want to declare that over us, even right now, in the presence of God, I know that many of us are experiencing it. We're experiencing it in our spirits. We're experiencing it in our emotions. But you know, I just want to speak that out once again. Uh, the righteousness, the peace, and the joy of the kingdom righteousness the peace and the joy of the kingdom let that flood our being right now in the name of Jesus right now in the name of Jesus and even as I'm speaking this I believe that uh, some of us here were tormented by anxiety strongholds of anxiety and I take authority over those spirits of anxiety in the name of Jesus and I command them I rebuke them command them to leave right now and I uh, speak freedom over the hearts and the lives of people in Jesus name thank you God thank you Jesus thank you just want to also uh, say that some of us are praying for protection we're in situations where we cannot even explain what is going on, but we want God's um, hand over our, our lives. And I want to speak over uh, us and say that the Lord is your refuge. The Lord is your refuge. He is the hiding place. He is that shelter in whom uh, you know, we, we, we can rest. Uh, and, and I believe that even as we call upon the Lord, the Lord is going to bring his rescue, his supernatural rescue uh, in those very situations. So I just want to declare God's rescue, God's protection in Jesus' name. Amen. I just have uh, one thing to share, you know, um, um, maybe it's a problem or something which is very intimidating, you know, like a huge mountain standing in our way, just figuratively speaking, and, uh, and uh, it's, it's so intimidating, it's so, um, you know, it seems insurm insurmountable, insurmountable, uh, that we've, um, you know, the weapons that God has given, you know, the, you know, the anointing and the word of God, and uh, but it seems so formidable that um, every time you think about it, every time you uh, want to do something about it, you just hold back. Um, I believe the Lord wants to remind us um, this morning, and he's just showing that, uh, you know, this mountain, it, it, you know, just imagine a huge mountain, and it's made of thermocol. You know, uh, so sometimes we look at the mountain and we see, we think that, uh, you know, I can't do anything about it. But when you go near, and, uh, you know, it's just like thermocol. Right? It's, it seems huge, it seems uh, formidable, but uh, you, know, it, you touch it and it's going to move. But you, because you're not touching it in your own strength, but you're going in the power of God. And Father, we, we thank you, Lord. We thank you that what seems intimidating, what seems formidable, God, um, we know that uh, Satan is a master of deception and lies and deceit is what uh, he's good at. And, and, but we know that when we encounter uh, whatever deception, with your truth, O oh God, um, your word says that mountains melt like wax in the presence of the Lord. And so this morning, we just decree that uh, uh, that breakthrough, um, we just decree, we just come against all kind of fear and anxiety that has held us back. And uh, we just pray for freedom right now in the name of Jesus, that we will go ahead, go boldly and go strong and, uh, and experience the deliverance and, and see the breakthrough even as those mountains move out of the way. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Check, check. Uh, 
I just want to pray for everything uh, impossible right now. Um, and uh, if you're here and if there's something that you are facing, it seems absolutely impossible uh, and that only God can do. Uh, only He can move that mountain or only He can bring that breakthrough. It's only... And if it is you, uh, we did this earlier. Uh, could you just lift up your hand and uh, want to do this, ask uh, people around them to just go ahead and pray for them right now. So Father, we, we pray in Jesus' name. God. Lord, you are the God of impossibilities. God. Lord, everything that seems impossible is possible with you. Father, there is no relationship that is broken beyond repair that is hard for you to restore. And so we speak restoration, Lord. We speak for the Red Sea to part, Father. We speak for supernatural provision, Father. We speak the bitter waters to be turned into sweet, Father. We speak for those waters to gush out of that rock right now, Jesus. Because you are the God of impossibilities and we submit and surrender. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So if, if you have a testimony, something God does in your life, take a moment, please, to send an email to testimony at apcw.org so we could share with people, just encourage others. And, you know, we don't necessarily reveal identity. Just share what God has done and celebrate God together. All right, we're going to, get, we're going to close now. Remember, next Sunday, all locations open, so you're free to go to whichever locations nearest to you and uh, continue just worshiping there. Let's close. Father, we thank you for opening our hearts to know that we are one body. We are here together, journeying together. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, our Heavenly Father, and the sweet fellowship of His Holy Spirit be with each of us always. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. We trust this message was a blessing to you. For more free resources, including sermons, sermon notes, publication, please visit apcwo.org. For information on APC Bible College in Bangalore, please visit apcbiblecollege.org. Please remember to download the All People's Church Bangalore app from the app or Google Play Store.